But uh, today I, I learned a pretty important lesson from my old dog, Gus. Uh, really what it was is a reminder uh, of what you and I have in store as genuine believers in Jesus Christ. And so uh, the, the other day, uh, Carol and I were having coffee and sitting on the couch there while I was in my lazy man chair. But um, So we're, we're sitting in the living room having coffee, and all of a sudden, you know, we have a dog door. It lets the dogs and cats come in and out as they please. They kind of rule the roost. And uh, we heard the flap open on the dog door. <laughs> and in comes Gus running in, in the house. Of course, he's got that little jangler on his neck there. And so he's, jing and he's just blowing into the living room, skidding and scratching across the floor. And uh, I look up, and I notice, man, old Gus got him a bunny. And I am so happy for Gus. I'm Listen, I'm going to tell you something. There's something about a dog that's longer than he is tall that makes it tough to turn corners. And I mean, tell you, this poor old dog has chased bunnies and chased bunnies and chased, ain't never caught a bunny. And today is the day. And I'm so proud for him. You know, I, I'm cheering for the guy. And Carol sees the bunny, and the mood changes. I'm talking about she's yelling and screaming at me, get that thing, you know. And so I, uh, you know, then I realize, you know, I, I better get busy and get this bunny rabbit away from the dog. And, of course, if you've ever been in our house, it's kind of a strange. Our, our living room is sort of, all the furniture is sort of in the middle, and, and there's a lap around there you could make. And old Gus was making the lap, all right? And I'm talking about just happy as he could be. And so I, I'm trying to catch him. And I run this way, and, you know, it's, it's one of these deals, you know. And uh, so finally I, I got him cornered up, and I took away the rabbit. And Carol's over there about to puke and cry and everything else, you know. And um, I get the rabbit, and she, she locks the gate and locks him in the living room, and I go dispose of this little bunny rabbit, you know. And uh, so anyway, uh, I get back, and... and when I walk in the door, I see it on Gus's face. I mean, we all know our dog's personality. I mean, he just looks like we done kicked him in the behind. I mean, he's just, you know, looking up with them sad eyes. What'd you do with my bunny, you know? And um, so anyway, <clears throat> you know, he, he moped around all afternoon. I mean, he really did. Well, so later on in the afternoon there, we was downstairs, and Gus was asleep on the couch. That's where he likes to sleep. And, uh, and he started to dream. Y'all seen your dog dream, you know. They, it starts off with a little whimper, you know. The, and then all of a sudden there's the twitching and all. And, and, and you know he's dreaming. I told Carol, I said, oh, he's dreaming about bunnies right now, I promise you. All of a sudden, I swear, he, he broke out into a full sprint. I mean, he is running a million miles an hour on that. I'm surprised he's got any hide left on his side. I mean, this boy is trucking. And Carol and I, of course, we start laughing at him, you know, over there. And next thing you know, he just falls on the floor. And when he, when he hits the floor, he realizes that he ain't chasing no bunny. And he stands up, and, he, and I'm sitting over here, and Carol's over here. And he just he stands up, and he's just looking. We're cracking up laughing at him, you know. And, I mean, his, his feelings are hurt again, poor thing. And so he looks at Carol, and then he looks at me, and he looks at Carol, and he finally he just hangs his head and drops his tail and, Walks on back out, and you hear the dog flap. Went outside. He wants to spend no more time with us. So anyway, we're we're we just can't help it. We're cracking up, laughing at this at this poor dog, you know. And uh, then all of a sudden, Carol makes a statement that you know any self-respecting preacher can't let get by. 
and I don't know that she meant to, but she, she, as we finally, the, the laughter began to die down, she said to uh, about old Gus, she said, poor old thing is running for all he had, and all he did was go down. And I thought, boy, how, that, that's, a, that's a pretty important statement, you know, to think about how hard he ran, how, how, how much he was trying to do there, but he never did uh, get to where it was he's going. That, that statement just sort of stuck with me a little bit. It reminded me that so often in our lives we do a lot of things expecting to reach the prize, but, but we never do. And, and this morning I, I want to talk to you about uh, how often how some people live their entire life assuming that they have a relationship that leads to salvation because they're going through the motions. They're doing all the things that they think they're supposed to do, you know. I promise that dog thought he was just about to catch a rabbit, but he didn't. And I think that so often as believers in Jesus, um, you know, or people who are living a life uh, that is uh, proclaimed to be for the Lord, so often we, we do all the stuff, but we never have truly known the Lord Jesus as Savior in our lives. As I think about how many people in, in the world today call themselves Christians uh, that uh, never, ever reach the finish line. They'll never arrive. You see, instead of having a, a walk with the Lord Jesus that is meaningful and purposeful and sincere, many Christians just sort of go through the motions. They're running on the couch, if you will. Maybe they're sleepwalking through their life with Christ. How often people assume that because they are doing the things that other saved people are doing, then they must be saved. It couldn't be further from the truth. I want us to look at a little text this morning from the book of Romans chapter 13. Starting at 11, listen to what this says. It says, um, this is all the more urgent, speaking of our, our, our salvation and commitment to the Lord. For, I, or, for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up for your, from your slumber, for, your, for our salvation is nearer now than we first believed. Listen, the message that we receive here is, is a message for you and I to stop just going through the motions. Stop doing the things that Christian people are supposed to do to wake up from our sleep. How, how sad and common it really is of how many Christian people find themselves doing this very thing, same thing, thinking, assuming that they're okay because they do the things that Christians are supposed to do. They go to church. You're here this morning. Praise Jesus for that. But, uh, pray before they eat. Maybe even be involved in some kind of a ministry. But they've never truly given their hearts to the Lord. you got to think about that for a moment. You know, I... I uh, I, one time Greg had said something to me that stuck with me pretty good about, uh, you know, uh, the reality is God can use us even if we're not, um, you know, it, 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 if we're not in a place in our lives where, where our relationship with the Lord is right, God can still use us. And, and I was thinking about this, you know, I can come here and I can preach every Sunday from now till Jesus comes back and, and preach the truth and, and lives can be transformed, not transformed not based on on me but but on the word of god and god can use me but if my heart is not right before the lord if i haven't truly received him as savior everything that i've done is of no use to me 
It may benefit you. And so it is so important that we don't allow ourselves to uh, just sort of go through the motions or assume that we're okay because we're doing things that other Christians might do. You see, our faith walk has got to be a matter of reverence for the Lord. And far too often, we find that it's, it's more of routine. And you know what? When, when you and I have a, a, ret- a routine that we lean on as the security of our salvation, then we miss what God's calling us to. Our, our service or, or our, our, our uh, deeds of coming to church and doing all those things that Christians are supposed to do become hollow, empty gestures. They're void of peace. They're void of the power. They're void of the purpose that... that Uh, God provides through a relationship with him. You see, what we are called to in the Lord is a heart-level relationship, a deep-centered connection to the Lord of lords and the King of kings. Now, I certainly want to say today that we're not talking about the loss of salvation. We're talking about those who have never truly known the Lord. You know, we've talked before about, you know, there are... Uh, people who are saved and they know that they're saved, right? They know there's not a shadow of a doubt. And there are people who are unsaved but think that they are. And that's what I want us to really look at today because the reality is there is only one way for you to go to heaven. Your church attendance ain't going to do the trick. Your tithing records aren't going to help you. The only way that you're ever going to experience the paradise of God's heaven is by putting your faith and your trust in him and loving the Lord your God and let that be the most important thing you know the reality is our heavenly father is far less interested in the things we do in uh, in his name the, the motions that you and I might go through he is interested in you and I having a heart level reverence and worship for him now I want you to listen to what Jesus says on this subject this is Matthew 7 and 21 going forward the, the some of the scariest text in the Bible for the believer. Um, you know, as, as I read this, even now as I read it this morning, I, I have to remember uh, that it is not based on anything other than my relationship with the Lord. Listen to what it says here in 721. It says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I'll tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. Now I want to point something out this morning. You see, here Jesus is talking to people who obviously claim to be followers of Christ, right? I mean, if they didn't claim to be followers of Christ, they wouldn't do all of these things. And so uh, we recognize, though, that in all of their efforts, they fail to do what matters the most. And what matters the most is that, that we have a heart to uh, receive Jesus as Lord and Savior uh, in, in, our, in our very lives. You see, when, when these folks say, well, we did all these things for you and in your name, I got up and went to church every Sunday in your name, Jesus says to some of these people, I, I don't know who you are. I don't know you, and that's a scary thing. You see, they may have been religious, right? They may have been religious, but what God is calling you and I to is a relationship. You see, we know that religion is man-made. We, we talked on our, in our Wednesday night study 
uh, here this last week. You know, religion is, is man's attempt to, to reach God. That's what religion is. But relationship is God's attempt to reach us. That is God reaching down uh, in love and receiving us to himself, having a relationship with him. And so today, what I want us to, to really think about is our relationship with the Lord. What does God mean uh, in, our, in our very lives? You know, the truth that I think we have to wrap our minds around this morning is God is not really interested in what you do or say for or about him. What God is interested in is, is the things that you do, are they, are they done because of what God has already done? Is it, do we go to church and, and say our prayers and hand out tracts and do all of these things as a result of the heart transformation that we received from the Lord? Is it because we love Him so much that we do those things? I want you to think about what uh, the Lord says in Isaiah 29. It says, These people come near me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You know how sad it would be to know how many people got up this morning all over the world and went to church. They worshiped uh, in song and, and they took in the word of God and yet their hearts are far from him. Do you know this morning that the only thing God ever wanted from you was love? That's the only thing God really wants from you. All of our, our routines and our rituals and all of the things that we do are, are, are good. But if they're not born of a love of a Savior who gave his life on the cross at Calvary to set you free, if that's not why we do the things that we do, it is a waste of our time. You see, when, when Jesus is asked, what's the most important thing? The most important. He, uh, he says love. The most important command is love. Love of God and love of people. I, I want you to listen to the exchange between Jesus and the teacher of the law here. Uh, it, it provides some good insight. In, in tw Mark 12, starting at 28, it says, One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked him, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? Okay. Now, in verse 29, it says, The most important one, answered Jesus, is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And so the response Jesus gives is love. That's what Jesus says. Now, if we, I want us to continue reading here because there's, there's some, another element to this that I think is important to our understanding. And so in verse 32... Uh, well, well said, uh, teacher, the man replied. In other words, Jesus, that, that's, that's well said. Appreciate that. Uh, it says, you are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. And to love him with all of your heart and all your understanding, all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than burnt offerings and sacrifices. And so he takes it a step further, Okay. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. This guy says those things. And then he says, because God desires love more than our sacrifices, more than our, our rituals, more than our deeds, more than anything that we do, God requires and desires love. 34 says, when Jesus 
saw, uh, when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then, uh, from then on, no one dare ask him any more questions. And so what takes place here is that we see that, that Jesus confirms that love is more important. It is the most important thing in our lives. It, and, and certainly, if you and I are going to be saved, it will be because we love the Lord, our God. We understand that, that we love because God loved us. You know, I, I struggle to really uh, comprehend this uh, oftentimes in my life, but do you know that without God first loving us, we wouldn't know how to love? We wouldn't know what love is unless God himself loved us. And the Bible says that God proved how much that he loved us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I want you to think about the sacrifice God made to prove how much he loved you. Think about what he gave up in order to give you eternal hope and a future. You see, Jesus came down onto this planet, and he lived here uh, among you know, all the, 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 the sin and all of the, the wickedness that was going on and eventually died on the cross to set you free from your sin. That's what, that's what Jesus did. He died the death that you deserve to set you free from your sin that you might uh, have the opportunity uh, at eternal life and, and restoration toward the Lord. And so when Jesus answers the question, what's the most important thing? He says, love. And it is the most important thing. Matter of fact, uh, as we think about uh, the, the love of God in our lives, we have to recognize it is a love that you and I can't fathom. You know, I, I think about the things in my life that I love, right? Certainly I love my wife and, you know, I love my horse and I like my dog. But there are lots of things that we say we love. But in all of those things, if, in my mind as I'm trying to stack up what love is, I cannot comprehend how much love it would take to let my son die for someone else. I can't wrap my mind around that whole idea. You know, and I have at times tried to, to, to reason in my mind what, what kind of love would it take to do that. And I tell you, I, I love, you know, pretty well most of you in here. But there ain't no, look, the whole pile of you, I couldn't give my son up for you. But Jesus loved each one of you enough, or God loved each one of you enough that he would let his son die in your place. And so when he says the most important thing is love, we see that his example of love is what we look at. You know, it's not going to matter, uh, you know, about all the things that we do, all the motions that we go through. It doesn't matter that your life seems to be like the lives of other people you assume are saved. You see, if you are here this morning and you have never truly given your heart over to the Lord. Now look, you go to church and you say prayers, you do all those. But, but if, if those are just routines or rituals in your life or things that you do and you have never ever truly trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior in your life, if you've never come to the point in your life where you recognized your sin separated you from Him, if you have never uh, allowed God to, to give you a, a new heart and new desires and new hope, if you've never walked away from the sin in your life, if you've never been willing to repent, today is the day of salvation. 
Look, it's great that you're here. You can do lots of good things, but there's only one thing God wants from you. And that is for you to love him and to love people with all your heart. Everything else really doesn't matter. You know, we, we understand that, that uh, over in Matthew 16, 32, he says, Love uh, the Lord, or, or it says, uh, Seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. See, if God is the first thing in our hearts, when you and I get up in the morning, if we recognize that today is the day of the Lord, and we worship him and praise him and spend time in his presence, the rest of the stuff will come. The only thing God really wants from you is your heart. He wants you to love him with all that you have. And so this morning, I just want to ask you a question, okay? Do you love the Lord your God? Now listen, listen, this is a serious thing. Do you love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, all your soul, and all of your strength? Do you truly love God that way? Or are you here this morning sort of going through the motions? Are you maintaining rituals? Are you going to church because that's what you do? Are you here this morning assuming that you're okay because you do those things? Are you here this morning sleepwalking through your life as a, a person who professes Christ Jesus? I believe in churches all over the world there are people there that would fit that last criteria. I believe that there are people all over the world that are unsaved but think they're okay because they're going through the motions. They're doing all the things everyone else is doing. But the one thing, the only thing that really matters is have you given your heart to the Lord? I want you to know today uh, certainly is no shame in it. Um, but no matter where you are, no matter how long you've been going to church or calling yourself a Christian, today can be the day of salvation for you. Today can be the day that God sets you free for all eternity. Today can be the day that you fall in love with Jesus. And that's what he wants. And that's what he's waiting for. You know, we think about what, what Jesus did on the cross to demonstrate his love, that he died for us and asked that we live for him, that he is the most important. And so this morning, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an opportunity today. If you need to get right with the Lord, if, if you've never truly given your heart to Jesus, let today be that day. Let today be the day when you, crawl, you, you call out to the Lord that you seek him with all of your heart. You know, the word of God says when we seek him with all of our heart, we'll find him. My prayer is that you find Jesus this morning. That's my prayer for you. I, I, I want to remind you that the word of God says that without Jesus, without uh, the, the love of God, there is that you and I have no love. And so when you and I recognize that the one thing God wants from us is our heart, I pray that that would be the most important thing. I pray that no matter what else you do, that that be first. That your love of God leads you to the kind of relationship with him that brings you to uh, uh, the place that God created for all of his children. I pray that today your love leads to salvation and that eternal. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for grace and mercy. We thank you for loving us. But Lord God, we thank you for your word. Lord, even though sometimes that word is, is hard to hear and, and uh, Lord, sometimes it uh, mashes on our toes, Lord, I, I pray today in the name of Jesus that, Lord, we wouldn't just do the things that Christian folks do. We wouldn't assume that we're saved because we do those things, but that, Lord, we would know we're saved because of the love that we have in our hearts for you. 
And Lord, I just uh, I pray today in the name of Jesus that, Lord, if there's anybody in here that's just sort of going through the motions, Lord, that's, that's not truly surrendered their lives to you, I pray that today be the day of salvation. Lord, I pray today would be the day that, that uh, any person here that's not 100% sure, Lord God, that they're your child, not based on what they do, but based on what's happened in their heart. I pray, Lord God, that they would just cry out to you today. Lord, I pray that today they would, they would uh, say to you, Lord, I, I know that I'm a sinner. And Lord, I know my sin separates me from you. Lord, I know that there is nothing in the world I can do with my sin, but it does have to be dealt with. And so today, Lord, I ask you uh, to let the blood that Jesus shed on the cross be for me. Let the love that, that Jesus had uh, as, he, uh, as he died the death I deserved, Lord, let that cover my sins. And Lord, I just pray that you would give me a heart to know you better and to love you um, just completely. And Lord, I just thank you today that uh, uh, by your stripes I have been healed. And that, Lord, because you gave up your life, I have life. I have the promise and the hope of an eternal future. Lord, that I might walk in the newness of life, Lord, that leads me into eternity. Lord, I thank you and love you and praise you today. And Lord, I just ask you, Lord, that uh, you would just help me to live every single day going forward mindful of the sacrifice Jesus made that sets me free. And I pray it in Jesus' name. But Lord, I also pray this morning that you bless this church and this family. Lord, there are those here that don't know you. There are those here that know you but don't live like it. Uh, and I just pray, Lord God, that uh, if, if those words stung somebody's heart this morning, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that they do business with you today. And Lord, I pray you just continue to watch over this church and this family. Give us a, uh, the ability, Lord God, to, uh, to stand firm on your promise. Give us a heart to go out into the community we live in and, and share the hope and the joy and the peace of a true relationship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We thank you and we praise you in the name of your Son, Jesus, and our Savior. Amen. Well, guys, I do appreciate you being here this morning. Uh, I, I'm sorry about all the problems we've had with the sound system. We'll try to get all that, that straightened out. A couple of quick things before I let you go, and we're doing like super good on time. No way the Methodists beat us to the restaurant today. Uh, hey, the youth auction's coming up, all right? And, and uh, there is very few things that we do uh, collectively as a church uh, that make as big an impact. Uh, on the lives of our young people. Our, our youth auction is, is what allows us to send our kids uh, to church camp and have an opportunity to truly uh, grow and, and have an experience with the Lord. That can't happen unless you're involved. So here's the deal. If you have uh, you know, the ability to make something or build something or if you want to buy something, we need things donated for the auction. Okay. Now, don't bring yard sale stuff, right? We need stuff we can actually pedal. So, uh, but bring stuff and donate it to our children. And then mark your calendar because on, on March 21st, we're going to all meet back here with all our friends and neighbors, and we're going to buy all the crap we donated. All right? I mean, it's a perfect plan. But we're going to make sure that our kids have the opportunity to go to camp. Okay? It's an important part. Uh, of their their uh, walk with the Lord is being having that experience and that exposure away from here where they can go and be centered and focused on what Jesus is doing in their life. So mark it down. 
If you got any talent, use it. If you got any money, spend it. Amen? All right. Uh, last thing, real quick, there is going to be an arena team meeting in the conference room right after service. So if you're interested in the arena team, uh, the more the merrier. We welcome you to come and be part of that uh, ministry. Uh, they use the arena out there to uh, spread the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so a uh, great opportunity if you're looking for a place to get plugged in and, and you like cows and horses, conference room. That's where you're supposed to be. All right, guys, appreciate you a bunch. Uh, Chris is going to pray us out today.